Wine Monk, Arizona Wine Podcast by Cody Vladimir Burkett. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. This is Cody, the Arizona Wine Monk. I am here with Tori Irwin from Fangirl Nation. Hello. We're talking wine. She's come to visit me here in Jerome. She did an interview with me once before. I guess this could be almost to take two, as it were. We are drinking the Queen of Swords. From Cellar 433, Jerome Winery, Bitter Creek Winery. It's part of the old whole uh, John McLaughlin complex. John McLaughlin was the winemaker. Wilcox Fruit, Marsan and Roussan blend. I believe it's 50-50, but I could be wrong. But it's... From what I remember hearing uh, Bridget and Sarah tell me in the tasting room a while back, it's pretty even, Stephen, between the two grapes. It's also right down the street, so... Yeah, we can call them after... We can... We actually probably could call Sarah and be like, Hey, you're on our podcast. Uh, surprise! Surprise! And she'll be like, Oh God, no! No, I'm not ready! I'm not even drinking, that's no fair. We're also smoking hookah, so if you hear weird bubbling in the background, there is no any, of any type of drug in there other than tobacco, so don't get too excited. Although if you're someone I once dated... You will, of course, consider it a drug and hate me for it, neither here nor there, but I digress. Anyway, so we were up in the middle of this mountain, and I've gotten adjusted to climbing up a lot of stairs, and as well as breathing like crazy and going, oh wait, no, I can breathe two days later, so that's cool. And, and this gentleman over here keeps making me hike in the middle of the day during one of the hottest seasons in Arizona's history. Well, you know, I'm just testing to see how strong you are. He wants to make sure that I will be prepared for the epic wine battle. Epic wine battles of history! I don't think there has been one of those. Wait, no. Well, there's been lots of epic wine battles in history, but... In Jerome? Not in Jerome. Um, But, you know, conflicts between different styles of winemaking, different winemakers. There's been a conflict going on in Bordeaux for a long time between the hardcore uh, traditionalists and the garagistas called Garagistas because normally they've started out making wine in their garage on like an acre of ancestral land and making wine that's like equal in quality to the you know first noble house Bordeaux I'm totally butchering what they're actually called first growth um and so there's a fair bit of conflict between two sides on that because they're like no you can't have these prices in this nobility because you don't have 600 years of pedigree what the hell are you doing and they're like yeah whatever man i'm just gonna make wine in my garage and it's gonna be awesome thanks i i see no problem with if you can make a decent wine in your own garage you go for it but again i'm also the one that when we are uh testing different wines going oh i just like the way this tastes i don't i don't actually care <laughs> it's kind of one of the reasons why we're also here is to do an, an introduction to how to approach wine so, how I approach wine tasting? I approach it with a corkscrew and a large glass, and I go from there. Well, the starting point is largely the same for me, but the first thing I look at is the color. And I have this really fun, awesome new app that if I point it at something, it will tell me the color, and usually it gives me a weird answer, because it's weird. Is this like a special tool for guys? You can tell when something's pumpkin versus just orange? I guess you could use it that way. I'm using it for wine, because that's how I roll in the motherfucking Shire. That's how we do it in the Shire. So anyway, here we go. Yellow metal. Yellow metal? 
Yes, but of course it's against a darker surface, so the color came out a little off. What I really need is something white. Hey, turn your back towards me. Aww. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of sunburned because you made me go hiking in the middle of the day. Pirate gold. Pirate gold. I like that better. See? You're not complaining when you get a better color out of it, now are you? I'm not complaining when pirates are involved, unless it's in Somalia, and then I really don't want my ship being overtaken. Alright, first thing I do is I look at the color, so I also look at the clarity. This is going to be, I can tell just by looking at the shade of yellow, without knowing even what grapes are in this, which I do know, that this is going to be a fuller-bodied white. Just because of that darker color, a lighter-bodied white, like, say, Malvasia Bianca, or some Viennese, is going to be much lighter in color. Is it a whiter shade of pale? Uh, when it comes to white wines, yes. Okay. I thought I was being clever. That's, that's one of my problems. Yeah, the thing is, you're not the... F I've used that joke before when it comes to wine tasting, Dang so... Dang it. Here I was, thinking I was cool. Well, you are cool. That's without standing. But I came up with the joke first. This is also kind of a sequel to the podcast I did with Dave and Jen a while back, which I affectionately refer to as the Momzibats podcast. Jen and Dave... My friends, also notorious, they introduced us and said, you two should get along. Yeah, and, and, and so far, we haven't tried to kill them for that, so that's good. Or kill each other. Well... Which is also important. The day is young. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll accuse me later of, oh, I took you out in the desert to kill you. He hasn't killed me yet. I'm not saying he hasn't tried. No. I'm like a deer mouse. Survive in the desert. So the next thing I do, I smell the wine. A kangaroo rat. I feel like an idiot. Whatever. Kangaroo rat is the desert one. Those are cool. When they're running across the road, you're only going a few miles an hour because you're terrified on a mountain road. Not that I have experience. Sorry, go ahead. Sure. Max will be saying that you tried to, you know, ghost tried to make out with you last night or something. No ghost tried to make out with me last night. Warren did want to be my friend. This is true. So we went on a ghost tour last night. Um, is going to be writing a review about it. Uh, from Ghost Town Tours. I like them. They're a bunch of awesome guys. They're really cool people. Uh, and we ran into this place called The Cribs originally. Do you like Bordello's kids? Because there were a lot of them. I forget the number he quoted. Did he say like 37 or some ridiculous number of Bordello's and Houses of Prostitution behind the room? Something like that. I do remember that the fact we were given is that most of the women were serving between 30 to 80 men a night, which... I don't know about you, sounds a little exhausting. Yeah. Uh, evidently, a lot of the um, houses of joy, shall we put it, uh, to reference a popular former one out here, are no longer with us due to slides and building disrepair and general trying to force everyone off the beaten path kind of thing. So the next thing we're going to do with this wine is we're going to smell it. So I want you to tell me what all you smell. It is a little cold still, so we may need to warm it up. What do you smell? This is the asshole part of me going, it smells like grapes. That's what it smells like. Yes, I know it smells like grapes, dipshit, but... <laughs> you can tell we've been friends for a while. So I'm getting a lot of, uh, almost a cantaloupe melon. I'm also getting a little bit of apricot, peach, tiny bit of vanilla. He's got, like, the Hannibal-level smell system going on. Actually, honest to God, I pretty much have built it up by smoking hookah in, in my graduate work. Every Friday night, while I was at seminary, me and a couple of my buddies, hi Evan, hi Derek, hi Ben, we'd go out, we'd smoke hookah, we would come up with different crazy flavor concoctions, 
and try it. And so I got really good at like associating flavors with moods and flavors with people, which is also partly where my synesthesia when it comes to wine and identifying them as people comes about, so to speak. Random moment. So in the hookah, the little disc of charcoal we have, if you blow on it, it kind of looks like the Eye of Sauron. So you're like Saruman? Like, do you, are you like the keeper of the wine, which could or could not be evil? You are full of mystic knowledge. I'm full of mystic knowledge when it comes to wine, but I'm full of bullshit when it comes to just about everything else. So in that sense, I'm actually more like a hobbit. I know tobacco, I know wine, I know food, and I know books to a limited extent. You know, hobbitish type stuff. I know some plants, not as many as I would have liked, but... And you're also tucked up in the hills, and really, evil doesn't know you exist yet. Yes. But that yes. could be changing. If my ex-fiance ever shows up, she won't. There may come a day when the strength of Cody fails, but today is not that day. <laughs> How many references have I made from that, like, today? Today? Oh, that particular just, quote? Just today. Three? Three, from that particular quote. So after I notice the nose, and the, the smell on a wine is called the nose, when it's older than a certain, certain age, I think when it's older than six years, then you call it a bouquet. Oh, I don't okay. know why that is. And I used to use the two interchangeably until I saw him really angrily corrected me, assuming that I didn't know shit, and then I schooled him on Arizona wine. Like, Tell me what this grape is. I bet you can't guess. Okay, so I have a question for you. 42. Uh, that would be impressive then. As far as different types of wine go, how long can you keep a white before you drink it? How long can you keep a red, a rosé? Honestly, it depends on the grape. General rule of thumb is whites don't age as well as reds. Rosés, not nearly as long. Then you have orange wine, which is a really weird nebulous category that I'm not super familiar with. And then you have reds, and then what, you have light body orange? reds. Orange wine is a white wine fermented on the skins like a red. And it's tradition in parts of the Balkans, in parts of also Georgia. Huh. Um, We're not I, talking about the state, I assume. We are talking about the country of Georgia. Yeah, no, we've got more moonshine stills. In yeah, we've got more moonshine Shout stills. out to the South! I love how I've only taken like five sips of this wine and you're like, I'm almost done with my first glass. That's because I'm less of a lightweight than you are. I'm not a lightweight, I just like to sit and contemplate my... Sit with it. I sit with it, I sip it, I stare at it, I take notes. Each wine has a story to tell of uh, sun and sky and earth and wind and all the other members of that band. Occasionally fire, no, seriously, occasionally fire. Because um, a couple of years ago, the vintages that were made at Calibri, they were all unusable because the wildfire in the Chiricahua is a creek. Aww. So the smoke settled on the grapes, got in the skins, the grapes sucked it up. That flavor went into the wine. So, hand over your glass. I should probably pour you more. We're letting him pour it so I don't knock over the hookah. Probably a good idea. Then so, he knows how to pour. You know, it's like this professional thing that he does. I don't know. It's like, you know, it's not like I don't have any experience with it whatsoever. So tell me, what are you tasting? It's very light. kind of goes on those uh, melon notes you were talking about. Definitely melon. I'm also tasting a little bit of stone fruit, like peach. Well, not, yeah, peach is stone fruit, right? So something I learned from a book recently called A is for Arsenic, which is all about uh, Agatha Christie's poisons, which is coming out soon, you guys. You can actually get arsenic from stone fruit, but it's not recommended because it takes forever. Usually just do it from like the remainders of, of mining and things like that. So there's actually probably a lot of arsenic in this area. 
There is. I was mentioning to you earlier, Montezuma Well, that the groundwater there is heavily infused with arsenic, and some of it theorized that that's one of the reasons why the, you know, there's, and it shows up in people's bones and teeth there that they've excavated, and they weren't always the healthiest people, and probably it was because they were drinking arsenic from when they were born, more or less. But do you think it's more like a Dread Pirate Roberts thing, where you develop a ability to avoid iocane powder, or... Because there are certain cultures that will eat just chunks of arsenic over time to develop a tolerance. Yeah. I don't know, and fortunately, TARDIS hasn't showed up here. We can't go back and ask. Also slightly terrifying, if you do ever do a ghost tour in Jerome and you go to the Catholic Church, which is awesome, by the way. It's a beautiful you're, church. You're in the uh, garden. They have an angel statue. It's it's kind of small, but uh, it was terrifying at like 9.30 at night when everything's pitch black. and You're running around with EMF meters. Yeah, EMF meters are great. For some reason, ghosts really like me. Something we learned last night, slash I kind of always had a fear of. So that's cool. Also, pretty sure that there's stuff in that garden you don't want to mess with, but... I'm also getting a little bit of almost pecan flavor. Makes me want pie. <sighs> Team Winchester, we salute you. My friends made me a absolutely wonderful... So anyway, along with the melons and apple, a little bit of peach, I'm getting a distinct pecan note as well. Can you convince somebody in Jerome to open a hookah bar? I think the idea has been tried, but the problem is there's just not enough people to that stay to make it worthwhile at night. Could somebody just kind of open it in their living room? Just let me know. I'll come hang out. Well, you can always come here to smoke hookah. I'm not paying you to smoke your hookah. I'm not telling you that you need to pay to smoke my hookah. You I'll can do it for free. I could just bring wine, and then that's payment. Exactly. Ah, oh, shoot. We need to get another pole. Aww. Hold my glass, please. Which, in Cody terms, is kind of like, oh, hell no, bitch, hold my earrings. Kind of. Not, not really. Do you, uh, do you censor swearing, or am I going to look classless? No, I don't, usually. I'm going to look classless, sorry, Mom. Drink Even though, wine. from what I've been told, ladies don't go to hookah bars, and I had a brief moment where I was crushed, and then I said I'm American, and it was fine. Um, it's more in, in Middle Eastern customs, supposedly. It's not really that. Well, yeah, but ISIS isn't taking over here yet. And they damn well better not, because I have a friend, on, admittedly on Facebook, who uh, was a grape grower in Iraq. Mosul. He had to flee during harvest time, leaving his entire crop just as it was ready to be harvested and all of his equipment to survive, basically. And yes, there are grapes grown in Iraq and Syria, or at least there were, and that was one of the areas that was a major center of wine growing in antiquity, and I think what we'll see in Arizona and New Mexico, if ISIS continues its reign of terror, is that these people who know grape growing in dry climates will come to the American Southwest because the climate here is very similar to Iraq, very similar to Lebanon. They'll bring their expertise, maybe bring some of those varietals that are indigenous to that area, for example, Obaday and Merwah. Uh, we'll probably see these people coming to Arizona, New Mexico, and teaching, you know, and, and introducing the techniques that they've been using to grow grapes in dry desert climates like here for thousands upon thousands. Things get worse than they are already. I don't want to see that. No, I don't think it would Especially just the destruction of priceless artifacts right now. Cody's currently experimenting with smoke in his wine glass, which looked pretty cool, but I'm wondering how it's going to affect the flavor of your wine. It shouldn't. The smoke is not being dissolved in the wine. But, but the roof is on fire. Oh my god! You should try it. Not that Try it. You gotta blow it in a little bit softer, so that way it doesn't all blow out the minute you 
slow. I'm not even touching that comment, guys. Just in case you're wondering, I'm the mouthy a-hole of Fangirl Nation. Um, we have some, like this. We have an amazing staff, and I love every single one of you if you're listening to this podcast. If you're not listening to this podcast, I still love every single one of you. No, so, so shout-out to Fangirl Nation? Sure, shout-out to Fangirl Nation. Check us out online, fangirlnation.com. We're also on Tumblr and basically everything. We're on Wait, you're on Instagram. Tumblr? I didn't know. Yeah, we're on Tumblr. Why am I not following you on Tumblr? Why are you not following me on Tumblr? Well, Tumblr is pretty much awesome, and I didn't want to screw up our Tumblr by following you. Just kidding, everybody. Follow follow Cody at what's your Tumblr name? Well, I think uh, my Tumblr is... He doesn't even know what his Tumblr because is. Because it all automatically loads onto there from Instagram. And, um... Oh, I need to connect our Instagram to it. Although, so just so you guys... <laughs> I am... Oh, yeah, the Arizona Wine Monk. <laughs> that was easy. Just so you guys know, too. Cody pretty much has the, like, orthodox wine bachelor pad of the century. He has one bookshelf that is all... Byzantium and history and wine, which is and phenomenal. Theology. And theology. And another that is all science fiction fantasy. And, and historical fiction. Taste. And historical fiction. I'm rereading the Uhtred series on the Saxon Tales. Um, and hopes of, well, admittedly, I'm probably not going to figure out how I'm going to watch that series when it comes out. I'm probably going to have to wait until it comes out on the interwebs and on Netflix. But I'm very excited that one of the networks is picking up the Last Kingdom um, for first season, which is set in Anglo-Saxon England. I have no idea what they're going to do with it. I'm praying they don't make it too horrible, um, because it's a really interesting period in history, kind of the formation of modern England in a lot of ways, in a lot of aspects. Alfred the Great was kind of the founder. He's also the only English king who has the moniker the Great. Some people have considered him a saint. No, yeah. He's <laughs> a very, very good kid. I grew up watching Fraser, and I once joked that I wanted to be Fraser Crane, and you are Fraser Crane without the psychology degree. Without the psychology degree and with less girlfriends. Although it was about as equally bad luck. Have you forgotten your wallet in a diner though? Once. This is the time where I just breathe in smoke. It was in Boston. So, see, you have the Fraser Crane luck. I have the birthday luck of Mary Tyler Moore and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, Meaning? Um, I usually avoid my birthdays at all costs and pretend they don't exist. Mm. For a while, my mom was celebrating the repeal of Prohibition December 5th. Thank you very much. So we would have my birthday, celebrate it with a New Orleans-style feast, and then drink a pitcher of Hurricanes. Man, pitcher of Hurricanes sounds like a really great name, band name, too. We've been doing this this whole weekend. Oh, every time we, we come up with a, a band name. What was the metal band name you came from up with uh, from Great Terms? Well, it wasn't a band name. It was a song. Carbonic okay. Maceration. Carbonic Maceration. Carbonic Maceration! Although that would be more the name of the song. I was thinking for the actual metal band. I didn't get into this. Song. Cult of Maldacea would be the band name. People would start thinking that Maldacea was an actual they would have a glass and then go, oh yes, it totally is. <laughs> He's in love with Malvasia. Can't be with Malvasia. I dated a Malvasia, and while it was one of the most fun relationships I was ever in, it just did not pan out. Uh, there was way too many differences between her and I, and... Shut up, though. He thinks you're pretty groovy. Yeah. She, kn up. she knows. 
She knows that I identified her as in a, in a review as, as a wine as her, the San Reckoner uh, 2010 from Cochise County. Shout out to Rob Houndman, one of the best winemakers in the state as well. I have a bottle of the 2018 Malvasia that I'm hoarding for a little while. Um, every time I go, oh, I'm going to get a bottle of his rosé to review, I end up drinking it and then forgetting to take notes and going, oh, I meant to take, no, frack the bottle stop. If you are a sweeter person or just really into meats, we went to a place yesterday called Superstition. Oh yeah, Superstition Meadery is great. They've also got a great selection of wines, mostly from Michael Pierce, who is another one of my favorite winemakers. And they had a cherry cider yesterday that was to die for. They so. just released it. Literally, I think we were the very first ones to try it, which actually seems to happen every time I'm in there, <laughs> because... The last time I was there, it's like, oh yeah, we literally just bottled the Honey Highway and we're going to be cracking open the first bottle. So for my friend Sarah from the Sheaf and Vine, I bought her bottle number two. also have a meetup called uh, Safe Word, which is what Fifty Shades of Grey should have been. Good. It was really good. Um, shout out to Micah, who is just a general sweetheart and very, very nice and very patient with us. So Not that we really needed patience, but you know, Cody and I in a room together can be kind of obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Also, shout out to Hotel Connor. It's one of the coolest places I've ever been. The reason I chose the room I'm in is they had labeled it as, it kind of has a bordello feel to it. Um, the walls are red wallpaper. It's one of the originals. And it is incredible. It's very private, very sweet, very cool. And it's five minutes from everywhere in Jerome. So in all honesty, when you come up here, you park your car and you walk everywhere. And I'm initially going up a couple of the steps. Make sure you're wearing good footwear. I tend to wear flip-flops, which is probably a bad call. But there are Not as bad a call as high heels. I've seen women walking around this town in stilettos, and I fear for their lives. And ladies, if you can pull that off, you have my mad respect. I left my four-inch heels in my bag and have not taken them out. Did you need more wine? Did you finish your second No, I, I, still have, I still have some. So. Uh, it's opening up now, and I'm getting a little bit different flavor profile. What are you tasting in this wine now? I'm starting to get more of the stone fruit you're talking about. Before I wasn't really, I was getting more of the melon, less of the little peachy. Peaches definitely coming out. I'm also getting a little bit of baking spice, like a cinnamon, cinnamon thing, sort of on the finish. Weirdly enough, I'm not getting in this one the heavy minerality. That's almost like sucking on a lime, you know, licking a limestone boulder. You lick limestone boulders? I have a minor in geology, remember? Oh, okay, that makes more sense then. I just thought you had pica and I was concerned. No, I lick limestone for science. LA's got some crazy, crazy history. I mean, Jerome is insane. Just the, being here a few days, just the little stories you pick up here and there, and everybody's got a different take on it because a lot of the history was taken when the miners bailed out. They took their history with them. They're still piecing together a lot of it. And there's, there were hippies, too. I got really excited about that. No, but, you know, it's also entertaining that... Uh, I like that you had a Martin Luther quote that just showed up on your computer. Beer is made by man, wine is made by God. The only thing I agree with when it comes to Martin Luther. We had a brief moment on the ghost tour yesterday where as we walk into the Catholic Church, I go, I don't know what they're going to do to me as I'm a Lutheran. And Cody remarks, I don't know what they're going to do to me as I'm Orthodox. Yeah, so the other thing is, Tori is more into reds, so that's the other reason why, it's one of the two reasons why I chose this particular wine. Because he likes to mess with me. Because we need to introduce her to whites and rosé, because they are wonderful, glorious things, especially here in the hot summer. And they're things that you're going to need also in the hot summer in Texas. And the mosquitoes decided to leave my mother and I completely alone, but come after her. So she, she spent a lot of time indoors with air conditioning. So I'm sorry, Sammy. I swear it'll get better. You're, you're almost done. You're almost done.
the other reason is because I believe Tori uh, is a Marsan Roussan blend, well balanced, knows what it's doing, the wine. <laughs> I was gonna say the wine might know what it's doing. <laughs> you know, you've got your shit put together more than you think. Yeah, yeah. But then when I say that, I realize I have nothing to tell you. That is, that is I remember being a teenager and thinking I knew everything I was doing with my life plan. And teenagers, if you're listening to this podcast... They probably aren't because they're teenagers. They're probably not drinking wine. Unless you have really cool parents that help you uh, regulate. Um, or if you're in France. Or you're in France. Or and England. then it's just normal. England too. Yeah. We studied in Scotland for a little bit. It's really... Drinking is really not that big of a deal. You go out after work pretty much every night or on the weekends with your friends. You have a couple pints. You go home. They have an amazing transportation system in Scotland. You either hop the underground or you get a cab. Cabs are everywhere in Plentiful. Or you walk and you're fine and you're safe and you don't do this crazy thing where you're like, I can drive a car. That's one of the things I really like about Jerome too is you're able to go to a winery and then walk to your hotel. So there's not really a whole lot of people going, I'm gonna drive. Yeah, exactly. Which is where I get scared with Temecula out in California because the wineries are just far enough apart where it seems like a temptation, but there are also a lot of tours out there that will drive you in a limo if you so choose, or more likely a bus. There's a couple tour companies that are doing that up here, actually. Mm. You've got Poor Arizona by the Whartons. Is that P-O-U-R? That is P-O-U-R. Sarah and Matt Wharton. Hi, guys. Planning on doing a podcast with them later, eventually. Shout out to you. Call them. They will pick you up out of Phoenix and take you. If you're already in the Verde Valley, go with uh, Red Rock Wilderness Tours. I think it's Wilderness Tours. My brain just killed over. I like to joke that they are the only other Cody-approved wine tour because there is a picture of me on their flyer. Which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, where I, I walk into uh, Echo yesterday. Where I was working. <laughs> Not yesterday, the day before. Yeah. And usually he's in Passion, so go check out Passion. But uh, walked into Echo and showed me a flyer for a wine tour. And I went, oh, very, very cool. Well, I'm just going to be staying in town. And he goes, no, 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 turn it over. And there was a picture of him. And he looks like a badass. Yep. Shout out to my friends. He is single. I will fight you. That would be entertaining. Oh, my gosh. They have to best me in sword blood. Judging by the picture that's going to front this podcast, it's going to be pretty tough. I don't know. How many glasses of wine will I have had during this? During the podcast or during the sword fight? During the podcast, it could vary. I got skills. Oh, shoot. I emptied out the bottle. It's okay. It's okay. Shout out, by the way, to Sarah and Bridget from Summer 433 who gave me this bottle for this use of the podcast. I really appreciate that. Sorry, uh, what's what's the name of their... Cellar 433. Cellar 433. We were going to go there today, but we decided to drink at home and record the podcast Aww. instead. We're also going to go to Tumbleweave. You guys were closed. We weeped. We, we weeped. Yes. Cody, there was actually quite a few tears shed in the car on the way up the hill. I was like, no, they're closed. I hear, I hear a lot about Tumbleweed. Oh, I, I went to, what is Maynard's winery called? Oh, Caduceus. Caduceus. I went to Caduceus today, which was very nice. Shout out to Veronica for being awesome and just very funny in general. But yeah, there's a lot of good places out here. Yeah, and it's also crush season. Um, I'm going to be going down to Wilcox tomorrow. I like it more at night because I can blare doom jazz and Persian music and drive across the desert. And this time of year, sometimes you've got the thunderstorms in the distance. And it's just really spectacular. And it's very, very deep and contemplative. Problem is, I have such deep and contemplative thoughts that I want to write them down and I can't. And the voice to text function on my phone sucks, so it gets all garbled. And so and I just stop bothering. So I need to find you a cheap recorder on Amazon and just ship it to you. 
Maybe. That, okay. That, I suppose, could work. They're really awesome when they have the automatic uh, voice pickup. Although, where you're located, you might get some EVPs, and that would be interesting. Electronic voice phenomena. Oh, yeah, that could be entertaining. Yeah, there, there's a reason I don't leave recorders on ever. Another friend of mine who plays Skyrim, Sue, and we were going to ro- record a podcast with the Rancho Maria White Zin, which is the only White Zin I will ever drink. I'm, I'm surprised, because I've, I've heard nothing but death to all White Zin. Except for his, because his is actually good. It's not too sweet, it's got a lot of complexity, I really actually like it. It's more of a rosé. So it won't put me into a diabetic coma? No. I don't have diabetes, but white Zinfandels tend to make me sick for like a couple days at a time, so... I have one bottle left, but I'm saving it for my godson's parents. Although she won't be able to drink it because she is now pregnant with number three. Aw, congratulations! So, this is good. Excellent. Before we finish off this wine, before you finish your wine, I I have more. I've got time. There's still a lot in this glass. Good, good. If this wine were a fandom, which one would it be and why? It would not be Lord of the Rings it's not so complex that it hurts me. I love Lord of the Rings. Let's just be straight up front here. Just like, go through fandom. The Cassandra Clare one, I believe. It would Who? be the Mortal Instruments series. Okay, I don't know anything about that series, so you're oh, going to have to teach me. Very, very good. It's about a young girl who lives with her mother, and one day comes home to find that her entire home has been destroyed and the mother is missing. Her mother is found in a coma, and she also discovers that the reason she has had no real father figure in her life is not the fact that her father has died, but the fact that her father is most likely the most evil person in this land of magic. It is such a complex series. It is a teen series. It's very fun to read. It's not so serious that you will find yourself angry at night. There's a lot of faux incest. Move past that. It's It'll be fine. But it's basically what... Every mythology you can think of is probably going to be included at some point in time, mentally, and it is just the way that the characters are described is phenomenal, but it is, a, it is a worthwhile book series. This is definitely not the Hunger Games, because I actually really, really want to continue drinking this wine and not cry in a corner. So what wine would the Hunger Games be? Whatever one I drink way too much of. Um, <laughs> the Hunger Games is so good, but you read the last book and you go... No, I can't handle that. I can't handle that. For those of you who haven't read it, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the mo- the last movie is going to be coming out in November, The Mockingjay Part 2. Katniss Everdeen would be something a little bit stronger. I think Katniss would be a red one. I can see that. Yeah. I'm trying also to figure out, you know, if we're talking wines as fandoms and Lord of the Ring being so complex, probably the, the wine that immediately comes to mind is the One Stone Syrah from Michael Pierce. And that wine I just loved. And I have a bottle of it that I'm just hoarding for another four years because I think it's going to age beautifully and it's already drinking beautifully now. That was a wine that was so complex that I had like almost two pages of notes on. And I was like, I feel like there's more, but I can't figure out what I'm missing. Because I'm an enormous Doctor Who nerd, I need to know, what do you think the Doctor Who family would be? It's a very good question. I think it would depend on the Doctor. Um, what happens if you remove Moffat? I think the entire fandom would rejoice. <laughs> I know I would. Fuck Moffat. Moffat and I have a love-hate relationship because I very much like what he and Mark Gaddis have done with Sherlock, which for a lot of the Sherlock brethren who are, are hardcore old-school Arthur Conan Doyle, it's what what is happening? What is happening? I actually really liked Irene Adler until we got to the end of that episode. Uh, just sad. She's such a badass. And then she's kind of less of a badass, but still a badass? 
But as far as the, as the Doctor Who fandom goes, um, really... There's something weird and versatile and crazy that you can do a lot of shit. And my first instinct actually is Nebbiola, because you can make, here in Arizona, great rosés are made from Nebbiola. Because you tasted one, uh, although it was New Mexico fruit. It sounds like Nebbiola, which kind of ties more into Doctor Who. Go with it. Go with it. Let me feel smart. Okay. Um, but also in Italy, it's traditionally used to make Barolo, which is known as the Wine of Kings, the King of Wines, where traditionalist Barolos, you sometimes have to age for up to ten years before they're even drinkable. Okay. Now it's about five years, but still. My first thought is hashtag Barolo. Barolo. Um, rosé before rosé. Before Jose, rather. Oh, so sad. Yeah, I, I think the, the fandom as a whole would be Nebbiolo for Doctor Who. For C.S. Lewis, I think it would depend on which series. Are we talking his Ooh. Christian nonfiction works, like Mary Christianity? Are we talking Narnia? Or are we talking the Space Trilogy, which in my opinion, Paralandra is C.S. Lewis's best work. What about The Great Divorce? What wine would that be? Also, even if you're not a Christian, C.S. Lewis has some of the best work on the concept of Christianity. Yes. Highly recommend it. If you want to understand what Christianity should be, read Mere Christianity and the Great Divorce. Whether you're an atheist, or a Hindu, or a Jew, or agnostic, it's a good read, it's well scholarly put together. Uh, you can still, if you want, tear it apart, and Rand in her copy of that hideous strength wrote some hideous notes about that hideous book. Have you seen If You Give a Mouse a Cookie by Ayn Rand? Yes! Oh, I love goodness. that. I have actually read Atlas Shrugged, and, um... I read the first three chapters and then wept and said, threw it against the wall and said, fuck this shit! It is definitely a book that is easier to get through on audio. Okay. So if you use, oh my gosh, you should totally get them as a sponsor, but audible.com, um, they are... I if it's on there as well. As a um, How do I even do that? I don't know. But I, I gotta tell you right now, though, I'm, I'm listening to The Fellowship of the Ring as I'm driving back from Jerome to California, and seven hours, I'm, I'm listening to the, uh, I listened to the first three hours of it, and we have just encountered the first Black Rider. So I'm letting you know, as a point of fact, if you have a really short attention span, the movies are your best bet for Tolkien. If you have a slightly longer attention span, read the books. I have the world's shortest attention span, Why? so the audio has been really, really helpful for me. I actually enjoyed Bilbo's uh, 71st birthday party because of the audio. Anyway. Um, anyway. Great Divorce, I think, is going to be Dolcetto. Okay. Which is an Italian red grape. So is there a certain region of grapes that are your favorite, other than Arizona? It's scattered. For me, it's more about specific grapes than specific regions. It happens that many of these specific grapes are from specific regions. Case in point, I love Saparavi. I love Georgian wines. No one, I haven't really tried any wines made from these grapes elsewhere. There's a few people that are growing in Kansas and Pennsylvania and New York. I want to see them here badly in Arizona. I think they would Perfect, at least they are on paper. I like Syrah. I love Tanat. I love Malvasia, but I feel like Malvasia, weirdly enough, in Arizona is better than anywhere else in the world. I just learned about Tanat today, and I'm quite a, quite a fan of it now. Yeah, uh, you haven't tasted one yet, but... I did. We had a blend. Oh yeah, it was in the, the, that blend. What is it, Page? Page Springs had the 1% Tanat. But anyway, are you going to call the guy about the uh, hearse for sale, by the way? So we saw a hearse for sale. Um, 
If it didn't have 700,000 miles on it, I probably might. You could always just... You just want me to get a hearse so I can park it in Jerome and have people ask questions. Yes, partly. I figured out this fiendish plan. So anyway, Great Divorce, I said, is going to be Dolcetto. I think the Narnia fandom, which I've never really encountered much of, actually. Really? Is that because you're on a mountain? Possibly. Could be. But also, the circles I run through, they're more fond of the Space Trilogy books than Narnia. I need to read those. I haven't read those yet. They are wonderful. So Narnia, from what little I know of the fandom there, I would probably say it would be Grenache. Um, For Space Trilogy, a little bit darker, a little bit meatier, a little bit more theology there. Lots more to sink your teeth into. You want something tannic. I'm going to go with Tanat. I would probably say, as far as the Lawhead books go, it would be more of a mead. Yeah. The Silver Hand Trilogy specifically would be a mead. Mead or Jacqueline, which is a grape from central France. Because he's theology, not theology, his, he draws in a lot of Celtic stuff, so you want something from that Celtic region. Which maybe Albarino would work too, because it's originally from Galicia, which is the Celtic part of Spain. But mead would also work. Harry Potter, god, what? Oh, Harry Potter. That's a crazy fandom. Crazy or just dedicated? I'm gonna say dedicated. Dedicatedly crazy. Is Slytherins what I'm going to for say. life. I'm a Slitherclaw. I'm half Ravenclaw, half Slytherin. Mostly because I want my goddamn spotted owl. Sorry. I have a, I have this horrible thing where every single time I've taken the test for either Pottermore or some random thing, I'm like, I like bats and I like black, and so evidently that makes me a Slytherin. I'm kind of okay with it. That and the horrible cunning planning. Clearly. Well, that would be an interesting question. Which, what are each lines for Each house. Yeah, each house. The fandom as a whole is going to be a grape that's going to be used for everything. What a lot of complexity, a lot of craziness, used for some weird-ass shit. What about every professor? Oh, we would be here for three hours. McGonagall is my homeboy. I like McGonagall. McGonagall doesn't take shit from anybody. That's yeah. why I like her. She would also be a Tanat, actually. Tanat she would be. What's the one that's kind of weak and can easily be taken over, like Quirrell? Uh, that'd be French Columbine. I feel like Uri would be a Malvasia because whatever he touches, you taste it. Yeah, and now I'm just amusing myself by thinking uh, Malvasia is totally off. Oh, I'm getting hints of Horcrocks. Klein has hints of Horcrocks. Mm. Double plus acidity. What is the fandom wine for Lovecraft? Ooh. Did I stump you? It's a blend. It's going to be a blend. It would have to be a blend. It's going to be Tanat from the Madeiran AOC exclusively. Because their Tanat is often blended with Merlot or Cab or other grapes. It's dark. It's brooding. Things that man was not meant to know. Which maybe it might also be an amber wine with Sketley. There too. is an entire... Or Sap... No! No, 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 no. He's I, very excited. I take yes. this back. The Lovecraft fandom is Saparavi. Saparavi is one of the oldest grape varietals. It is the old one. Yes! So Dark, tannic, the name means inked. Like, inky is all, oh, I wish I had a bottle left. There is an entire I convention in... I love Saparavi. I love Lovecraft, too. In uh, Providence, Rhode Island, there is an entire convention. I think it's like Lovecraft Con or something. They're kind of amazing. Um, Next time you go, please invite me. Oh, I want to go. I've never been. I desperately. We must go. We must go. And we'll bring Tanat for every Tanat and Saparavi for everybody. Okay, not so, everybody. So, that would get um, expensive. Providence I'll bring Con- a bottle of each. I think it's Providence Con or Lovecraft Con or something. Um, look it up online. And a Twin Peaks convention that sells out every five minutes up in Washington State. I want to go so bad. Um, 
Twin Peak? Do you have any knowledge of this? Very, very limited. I don't know um, that much. What would be a damn fine glass of wine? Um, that would also, A, depend on whoever you asked, but... If you were an FBI agent investigating the murder of your, the hometown sweetheart, who's a little bit off-kilter... I'm government budget, so the cheapest thing possible. <laughs> Sorry, I'm role-playing that too well. <laughs> um, I, I, something so simple... I think would be the key, and I want to go with the California Cabernet with that. Alright, you can see that. Um, going back to Harry Potter, um, 10 Conversation Threads Go. Such a very nuanced fandom. I want to go with Syrah. Syrah is good for pretty much everything. Syrah is intense. Characters, I don't know, but Hogwarts houses. Hufflepuff is going to be Viognier. Really? Yes. What is your reasoning for that? Uh, Viognier can be blended into almost anything well, and Hufflepuffs accept everybody. Hufflepuffs throw the greatest parties, Lisa. Gryffindor, brave, bold. You know what? They're all going to be Roan grapes, because fuck it, this is my podcast. Brave, bold, Vedra. Slytherin is going to be Carignan, because you can't trust that grape. Sorry. It's all right. He uh, at least knows me, guys. That's how and uh, Ravenclaw, sharp, erudite, sexy. scholarly, a little bit sexy. That's going to be Syrah again. Syrah, for me, is always the pinup model lounging on a couch, smoking some sort of something, reading some sort of book. So you guys, I didn't realize that Jerome had opium dens. Evidently they Back had opium in the day. dens. We went to breakfast at, what is it, the Mind Cafe? The Mind Cafe. Uh, which is incredible, by the way. Um, and Great food. Go. What I found out, evidently, there was a tunnel that used to be from the, when it was a, a different uh, house of meeting. And you could go through the tunnel to go smoke some opium while your wife was in the other room, and then you could come back, and they would need to help you carry you home. Um, but it was also the only area of town where it was safe for a lady to be with her friends. Alone. Alone, without getting catcalled or treated poorly. So that's important. I'm really glad that we live in this day and age, because I have to attack less people with swords. Yes, or daggers or sharp things. Other fandoms and wine. Um, Done Harry Potter. Oh, Supernatural. That's <gasps> an obviously oh, one yes. that we need to talk about. Oh, yes. I've never seen more than a few episodes of Supernatural. Because I know this there's something wrong with him. Okay, maybe there's not. I'm, I'm also That lady. being said, the, those on the Tumblrverse have probably seen in Phoenix the Outback Pentagram that's centered on superstition and cults and uh, also the Walmart Super Center there. Walmart Super Center, guys. Which is the center and portal to hell. So I'm just going to let you know, it's not where Colt's tomb is. It is actually, in fact, where the Walmart Super Center is. Which is the portal to hell. For low, low prices. Always. Uh, like they are a pretty loud and boisterous fandom. Because we're sexy as hell. Well, yeah, I suppose. No, they are. So this uh. is the part where I need to admit that I have a big crush for Papa Winchester. Which is probably not okay. Um, also, Bobby. Bold, boisterous, and loud. I want to go, but also broody is. And paranoid as fuck. Paranoid. Um, Petite Verdot. The forgotten, well, not forgotten. Fourth Bordeaux grape. I have two in my cellar, but they're aging, so they're not ready to drink. I have, although we could drink the California Petite Verdot that I have. You guys keep hearing all the wines he promises me and then takes away? No, I actually have a California Petite Verdot that we can drink. Okay, here we go. It's a party. Well, we're not done with this one yet. No petite verdot until you finish your Marsan Roussan. What about Buffy the Vampire? <coughs> Something stabby and oaky. Ooh. Possibly Chardonnay. Heavy oaked, Napa style. Barrel fermented. My personal favorite when I have a tiny, <coughs> tiny, tiny bit of money is Cupcake Winery, and it is the Red Velvet. I've been told by so many people that that is 
too oaky and gross. I like it. It's really, really good when you're exhausted, you're at the grocery store, and it's easily available. Um, I like my California. oak in certain wines, but I don't like my oak in other wines. But I really do feel that for something that's stepped... Okay, the Buffy fandom is entirely a Napa barrel-fermented new oak Chardonnay. I love, I love me and my Buffy. Futurama is going to be... This is actually a very interesting question. What wine would Futurama be as a fandom? That is an excellent question. I want to say that they are going to be this weird grape. I've only had it once. It's from uh, it's from Southern Italy, not Nero Diabola. It's another one that's more obscure. Norello Mascalesi is what Futurama is. I got a good one for you. Okay. What is X-Files, especially with the relaunch? You could just focus on Scully, because she's... she's you're gonna hate me for this. Well, no, am I gonna? Am I going to hate you for this? Probably. X Files is rose as a whole because it was popular. Then White Zinfandel came and canceled it all out. Everyone hated White Zin, and now it's coming back. Rose is getting popular again. It's being relaunched. X Files is rose. Good, dry, Rhone rose, or Rhone style rose. The GSM. And I know, unfortunately, you hate rose. I don't hate rose. I'm learning to drink rose. I unfortunately had the brief, I'm fresh out of college, it's $2 tumble with white Zinfandel from Charles Shaw, and that was a horrible plan. Uh, oh, speaking of horrible plans. Yeah, spilling uh, ashes on No, no, no. First year, second, but inevitable for Firefly! How can we forget Firefly? Something that people oh, are rabid fans of. The Fox Network did. Mayo! This is going to be a weird answer. Are you sure? Yes, because it seems like a very odd answer. But to me, Firefly is a show that makes me very feel very warm and fuzzy inside. It's very friendly. Like, weirdly enough, How I Met Your Mother makes me warm and fuzzy. Both of those shows are Sangiovese. Your best friend that you've known forever. Whenever shit gets you down, you pop in Netflix, pour yourself a glass of Sangiovese, and you either watch Firefly or Serenity and want to laugh, you put in How I Met Your Mother. If you want to cry, Serenity Firefly. Sangiovese, all the way. Aww. Okay, so I have two absolutely killer fandoms that we haven't hit on yet. Okay. Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, Star Trek, because the philosophical connotations is a Super Tuscan. To me, Super Tuscans, which are blends of Sangiovese, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Merlot, or Cabernet Franc, maybe a few other things, but the base is Sangiovese and a Bordeaux grape. To me... They're always philosophers sitting on an overstuffed armchair reading something and smoking something. Um, so Picard, in a nutshell. Yeah, so Super Tuscans is so Star Trek. I have a question if we break it down for next generation I don't on. know the series that well to be able to answer that question, unfortunately. I can answer for the original. I can answer for Picard. Um, I can answer for Enterprise, which I think was misaligned in, in many ways. And but not Deep Space Nine. Not Deep Space Nine. I've never seen Deep Space Nine, except for like three episodes. Have you seen Babylon 5? I have seen Babylon 5. Babylon 5 is fun and interesting and philosophical. Um, that might also be a super testing, actually. Even though there's a lot of differences between Star Trek and Babylon, I feel like Star Trek is more like, for this is our ideal versus Babylon 5. This is what would actually happen. Babylon 5, I feel like you need almost like four or five different types of wine that just kind of hang out You need together. a blend of five. And you need, uh, yes, so, so that that answers the question. <laughs> Babylon Five is a Chateauneuf de Pop, which is a blend of at least five, normally thirteen different grapes. <laughs> okay, so I have to let you know, Cody has at least four wine fridges that I've been able to find. 
that, that's all I have so far. I also have a cabinet. That's all he's admitting to. Star Trek, on the other hand, a little bit wilder, a little bit weirder, a little bit space opera-y. Amber Wine. Grenache Amber Wine. Grenache Amber Wine. Okay, I'm not familiar. Explain. Uh, Amber Wine, like, or I should say, sorry, not Grenache, um, Grenache Blanc Amber Wine. Amber Wine, as I mentioned before, is a style of wine made from white grapes fermented as a red. So you let it ferment on the skin. So are Amber and Orange Wine the same thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Amber and Orange Wine are the exact same thing, I'm sorry. Um, so would Jurassic Park be an Amber Wine? Ha! Ha ha! Ha! I don't have a clicker to use on you, Blue. I sense a divide in the fandom, though. And just talking to my paleontology friends, they were all fans of the first two, not so much the third. Then you have them more or less hating the new one. So there's going to be a massive divide coming, I think, in the Jurassic Park fandom between the classicists and the people who just are, yay, it's a new form of monster movie. That being said... Ooh, can we get into monster movies? Uh, Dracula. Dracula is obviously Fatasca Negra, which is a Romanian red. Come on. Um, Hannibal, Hannibal, please don't say Chianti. No, Chianti is Sangiovese, and Hannibal is not friendly enough for Sangiovese. Uh, so, but uh, he's Sagrantino, which is a dark, very blood red Italian red that is another fan of big favorite of mine. So I need, I need this one. Good um, luck finding Sagrantino, it's tough. Uh, yeah, good luck keeping Hannibal on NBC. Hannibals, I love you. I know, we're fighting an uphill battle right now. Are you missing more fandoms? Because I can give you about 47. No, no, no. I'm, I'm still... Um, There's one that we were starting to talk about. My friend. Oh, Jurassic Park. I never gave an answer. Um, uh, they're actually Portuguese wines. I don't know why, but that's just the impression I'm getting. Okay, so we're going to go into the DC and Marvel. And therefore, we're breaking it down for Marvel, or do we have a different one for Hydra? Versus the Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra. Um, um, if you get them to yell that, they all drop their weapons and you can kill them more easily. You learn that today. Yes. DC, I'm less familiar with. Oh, oh, that hurts. I'm sorry. Hurts. I'm sorry. I, I know Batman, sort of, but I don't know really anybody else. You're lucky I'm not making you break out into, like, Image and Dark Horse, which are amazing, by the way. And IDW. IDW, shout out. IDW does a lot of the, like, My Little Pony. So Dark Knight has to be... For what I know, it has to be a dark red. Carmenera. I was like, what captures losing your parents at a young age? Carmenera. Or Carignan again, because Carignan... Every time Carignan, people tell me, it's gonna be the best wine ever! It's gonna be glorious, and I always end up disappointed. Oh. Like I'd been orphaned. So, Aww. Batman as a fandom is Carignan. Um, as for DC as a whole, I'm gonna do it with Carmenera. Uh, for Marvel, I'm getting a white wine vibe out of Marvel, weirdly enough. Arneas. Arneas is Marvel. The little rascal. That's what it literally named, the name means in Italian. And the way that Marvel is changing the entire mode of cinema right now, uh, they're being rascals. And they're just enjoying it for all fun. And it's great. I'm excited about Doctor I I am too. I'm more excited about the eventual Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers crossover because I liked both sets. I like both comics. It's going to be fun, I think. And I'm also, of course, super excited about Deadpool, and I have no fucking idea what wine Deadpool is to answer your next question. I don't think Deadpool has a set wine. I think he would move from wine to wine and destroy them all. Yes. He would drink them all and be like, that tickles! He would even drink wine that he probably shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. He, he I feel, is more like a moonshine still. 
Yeah, or maybe Armagnac if we're going for craziness, which is a, uh, a style of brandy from Armagnac, France. Which is slightly out of the purview, but... Or hilariously, we could say that uh, Deadpool's Merlot. <laughs> but here's the thing. I hate California Merlot. Which is funny. But I love Merlot coming from just about anywhere else. That's still not my favorite grape. But I like Arizona Merlot. I like Lane Merlot. I like South African Merlot. I like Washington Merlot. I like New Mexico Merlot. And French Merlot, too. There's actually a book coming out called American Wine, A Coming-of-Age Story, which we will be reviewing on Fan Relation soon. Um, it's just not out yet, so we didn't want to post a review yet. Tom Achitelli? But it's it's very a very good story at least. He goes through, and, and he's one of those people, he's not very pretentious, so he doesn't go through and be like, I know everything. He goes through and goes, this is what I've experienced about wine, and here's the little secret history behind. So if you are a, I'm sorry, I know you're not a big California person, but like Robert Mondavi fan, or anything like that. Oh, Mondavi. He goes through, and he explains all the little nuances of the things that happened, all the people who got screwed over during the California wine process, and how, um, Please tell me he has a chapter in there dissing Robert Parker. I believe so, but I don't oh, remember. Oh, thank God. There are a bunch of chapters, too, about one of the first female writers as far as wine goes. And I feel terrible because I can't remember her name at the moment. But it was... Welcome to our culture. Um, she, she was phenomenal. She was one of the first people who... Shout out to the female winemakers in Arizona, by the way. Please. Uh, let's be friends. Seriously, if you are a woman in wine production or... Really, honestly, any alcohol production, feel free to email me. And also, anybody listening to the podcast, my email address is going to be virwin at fangirlnation.com. We're always looking for new people to talk to, new support systems. We want to make sure that you get a shout-out because you're smart people. For me, anyway. And I'm not afraid of emails. I get a lot of really crazy stuff on a daily basis, so you're not going to freak me out. Hate mail is fun, kids. Hate mail is fun. I haven't gotten any hate mail yet, but it's probably also only a matter of time. You're young yet. It'll, it'll come. I had a, uh, a gentleman who is a tax preparer in Georgia come after me for an article I wrote on cosplay. Love you too, sweetheart. But you never know how easy it is to be hated on the internet until you're a female in fandom. Keep going. It's worth it. Indeed. Fandom is fun. I mean, where else can you be super excited about something? Especially at conventions. That's one of the best part is the meetups at conventions. You go and you meet people who are in love with the same things you are. And you don't feel like a weirdo for five minutes. And it's wonderful. It's amazing. There are people who've made entire careers off this. And don't be afraid of what you love. That's This is the hardest part about growing up is, especially when you're younger, you love something, you think it's amazing, you're just very into it. And everyone's like, maybe you're a little crazy. You know what? can make something out of that. Keep going with it. If you love what you love, and you share what you love, you're doing better than the majority of humanity. Amen. Spread love, don't spread hate. Well said. I almost feel we should close with that. Should we close with that? That was pretty badass. See, my, my unfortunate thing is now Paul of Tompkins, which is great. It's really adventure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why every time you ask a question, I go, is it? <laughs> Third, fourth, fifth thoughts. Oh, we can talk about the Pratchett family. Oh, the Pratchett fandom. God rest. I miss him. What you guys aren't seeing is there is some crossing right now. I'm crossing myself in his memory. Oh, that's not a bad thing. 
He may have been an atheist, but he was the kindest, most spiritual atheist I think I've ever encountered. And I actually met Terry Pratchett. Story time. I met Terry Pratchett when he was at Discworld Con in Phoenix. He was doing a lecture for the Glendale Public Library. And it was a, ask any question, and I'll answer it. And it was glorious. And so I asked him, because at that point in time, it was while I was thinking about going off to seminary and be a priest. I asked him the weird question, what advice would you have for an atheist, as an atheist, for a man thinking about going into the priesthood? And he thinks for a minute, and he's like, that's a very good question. Pauses for a moment in his Pratchett way. Starts expressing with his hands. I think you would never have any shortage of stories. Because through confession, all these stories that you would get would be phenomenal. And, and because of that, in some ways, it may be the, it might end up being the best job ever after mine. <laughs> and while I didn't become a priest at all, um, I find that my writing, and sometimes when I write about wine, I'm very much accidentally channeling Pratchett because I keep wanting to stick footnotes everywhere. Part one. But also, he, he taught me that, you know. And the footnotes are always hilarious. Oh, yes. When I, if you have never read a Terry Pratchett book, A, you must. If you are a Neil Gaiman fan and you want to explore Terry Pratchett, Good Omens is a great place to start because mm -hmm. you'll have some familiar territory. Uh, what did we agree that you skip the first two Discworld books? And then yes, move on? Um, you can skip actually the first three um, if you really want, because they eventually books one and two get mentioned in interesting times when spoiler alert: Two Flower comes back from the boat, or alternately, I guess Rincewind gets thrown onto the boat and eat the Counterweight Countenant, and equal rights ask. And this is spoiler alerts. Ask who is the female wizard shows up in the latest Symphony Aching before the one that is going to be published next month, which is The Shepherd's Crown, which will be the last Terry Pratchett book ever published. And I'm honestly. Hold and love cry a little bit. I'm honestly debating not reading it, so that way I will always have a Terry Pratchett book that I have not read. Okay, I am tearing up because, yeah. I'm thankful we still have Gaiman. And I'm thankful that Gaiman has bred multiple times. Yes. Um, I'm very excited for the young son that is coming from Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer, mostly because they are both genuinely amazing human beings on their own. Um, not to put too much on you, young, amazing future son, but I'm sure that you are coming into an amazing generation and you will be wonderful. That would be another... In I think, like Lovecraft, the Gaiman fandom would also be... Um Saparavi or Tanat. Dark, brooding, uh, Madeiran AOC. Dark, brooding, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you ever had a Madeiran AOC wine? Oh, good God. It's like sex, except I'm having it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Except I'm not having it right now. But the point is, I've had more Madeiran AOC wines lately than I've had sex, so there we go. Sorry, that's TMI. Um, Pratchett, on the other hand, God, that's a tough one. Because he's so deep and so insightful, at the same time on the surface it's like, oh, ha, 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 funny, and then you, you minute you slip into one of the cracks of sarcasm, you go, holy shit, this is deep. So in that sense, I feel like Terry Pratchett. Ugh. Am I allowed to give them your email? Yes. Just as a side note, if we skipped your fandom and you want to hear another podcast where we cover your fandom, Cody's email address is cody.b.b.u.r.k.e.t.t. at gmail.com. The 
because I worked in sales forever, I'm going to repeat that. It is C-O-D-Y dot V dot B-U-R-K-E-T-T at gmail.com. Or if you don't want to email him, you can email me directly at V-I-R-W-I-N at fangirlnation.com. And I respond. Uh, the answer for what wine Terry Patchett would be, he is a Rioja, Tempranillo blend from Spain, mostly Tempranillo, a little bit of um, Mazuelo, and Garnacha usually, and maybe a little bit of Moscow. Dark brooding, but very pleasant, easily drinkable, but it's definitely wine you, you sit with and you, one minute you can be like, oh, this is great, there's no complexity, and the next minute you, you sit with the glass after it's been sitting out on your, you know, for like five minutes, and you go, whoa, there's a whole ton of complexity here that I didn't even know. Pratchett is amazing for that. Yes, exactly. It's one of the reasons why I love Pratchett. He can make you laugh one minute and then think seriously this next second about what you just laughed at, which is glorious. Writers like that are very rare. Oh, there's one last fandom that I'm a huge fan of that we didn't talk about. There's a whole stack of them is sitting oh, over there the next butcher? to me. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you were waiting for that. Freaking, waiting for that. Uh, freaking uh, Dresden Files. Dresden Files almost as, to me, strikes me And this is me coming as someone who doesn't know Supernatural at all. Really oh, about. which is so sad. It's, it's on my list of shows to watch on Netflix. Don't panic. Oh, that would be another one to explore. Shit, there's so many. <gasps> How do we miss Adams? I don't know. There's so many. Ah! Okay, so there will be a part two at some point in time. I can't promise when. But we will find a way. If I have to call in, I will. We could also do this on Skype. The problem is doing this. Here, you send me a uh, freaking Texas wine if you actually move to Texas. I'm not here. I'm going to move to Texas. We need to move here. So it, this has been a, a debate for the past three days? three days of whether or not I'm moving to Jerome instead of Texas. Um, spoiler alert, Mom, I'm still coming. Um, <laughs> Trust in files. He's going to think about it for a minute. Justin Files is also shutting off the pop, or alternately, what did I say for Supernatural? Petit Verdot! Yes! I can see the Justin Files also being Petit Verdot. Totally Petit Verdot. So anyway, this has been part one. Part two shall be posted when I return from overseas. Uh, Yes, this is the official announcement. I am going to be going to Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, part of the plan is looking at Byzantine sites, but I'm also planning on looking and exploring Turkish wine. So if anyone has any suggestions for me, please leave them in the comments. Um, and I shall see you when I return.